Welcome to the Wanting It More podcast. I am your host, Janet Denton-Howes, and it's an absolute delight to have you here. I'm a marriage and intimacy educator, as well as a creator of the Wanting It More program, which has helped thousands of women who are married to men want and enjoy it more in the bedroom. You know, having low desire was something that I personally struggled with for years in my marriage, so I absolutely get it all. You are not alone. Just a heads up, I use all the words in this podcast, so if you've got little ears around or you're in public setting, you may want to pop in some earbuds. I hope you enjoy the episode. Today on the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you are able to understand the basics of how to go from where you are now, which is probably not wanting sex very much, and maybe you're struggling with enjoying it as well, but uh, you probably, I mean, even if you are enjoying it, you are not looking forward to it. And that's concerning. There's questions why. I certainly had a lot of questions why this was happening to me. If you haven't heard my story already, I struggle with this for, gosh, I mean, over 10 years in my relationship. And I was always looking at the usual suspects. Some of you may have already looked into your hormone levels. I know I went to my doctor and I had heard that testosterone was a big issue and a big cause of low libido. So I was so excited. (laughs) Oh, Jana, I was so excited. I made an appointment with my doctor. I ended up not seeing her. And I saw a woman who was, um, you know, like a locum. And I got the blood test done that day. Actually, there was a testing facility in the building and I was certain I was going to have low testosterone, I was going to take supplements, and then I was just going to be able to get horny (laughs) whenever I wanted to, which wasn't the case. Everything was normal. All my nutrients, all all my levels, everything was good. And I wasn't taking any medication that may have had a side effect. Yes, I had little kids. Yes, I was tired and exhausted. But the truth is, I had been struggling with this for my whole relationship. So I mean, the journey for me started pretty early on, about five years into our relationship. We were just fighting about sex so much and so looked into, I don't know, communication issues, relationship issues. But for the most part, it was always what's wrong with me. Um, Was it a trauma in my past that I didn't know about? Was it, um, you know, was it that I was just broken? Was I a prude? Was it my religious upbringing that it caused so much shame, internalized shame that I hadn't unpacked and worked through? I'm sure you can relate to just feeling absolutely confused and frustrated and alone. So again, if you hadn't heard my story, I ended up figuring it out after a lot of work and training. I trained to become a marriage coach. I started working with couples and that was it. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. I am smart enough to figure this out, which meant that I had to go against quite a lot of the training and education uh, that I had received. And it was also quite counterculture. And so Oh yeah, I want to get into that today, just so you can get a have a basic map, a basic understanding of 
how you can get from where you are now to where you want to be, which you may not even be able to think about that right now. <laughs> uh, I know I just wanted to want sex more. I just wanted to be able to raise my libido, get hornier, get in the mood, be in the mood, stay in the mood. <laughs> and yeah, okay, like I wanted sex to feel better, but it was just that underlying feeling of brokenness that was so painful to deal with all the time. And all the mental gymnastics that I was going through at night. Can I get aroused? How long has it been? My poor husband, but now I'm resentful because he doesn't do the dishes as much and as much as he should. And if he helped up more with the kids and helped up more with this, and if he was more attractive and lost some weight, then then I would want it more with him. And it's his fault. But now I feel guilty. Oh, what a mess. What a mess it can feel like. So if that's where you're at right now, I just feel a lot of empathy for you. Know that you're not alone. I have helped hundreds of women in your position. So uh, there's nothing wrong with you. So yeah, let's talk about how you can go from this place of feeling stuck to a place of, you know, wherever, wherever it is you want to be. And again, that's hard to determine because I'm sure you just want this to stop. And you just want it as much as your husband and you just want it more often. <laughs> just want to want it more often. I, it took me a long time to uh, actually be able to get to the place where I knew what I wanted. I knew what I wanted sex to be like. I mean, I knew what I didn't want it to be like. I didn't want it to feel degrading, um, icky, uncomfortable, awkward, I knew something was missing, a level of fulfillment, a connection, intimacy, closeness. I didn't know how to get that. And it was certainly my secondary desire. Um, but it is important to just briefly mention that, you know, that this is working towards something that's going to work for you. It isn't just about figuring out how to can fix yourself so that you can meet the needs of your partner, which I understand a lot of, you know, a lot of you, and certainly me, that's where I was at. So I am not interested in any sort of band-aid solutions. I went to plenty of people, professionals, and read plenty of books that were very superficial. And the reason I share that is because the path that I have tread and the path that I help women and the one that I'm going to talk about today isn't necessarily easy. The reason being is that you're not broken. There isn't anything wrong with you. It is not about taking a supplement or a pill or some magic communication strategy that's going to fix everything and suddenly you're going to be like a porn star for your husband. That's not the way it works. The reason that you don't want or and or enjoy sex right now is because there are things that are just not working. Environmental things, relational things, things in our culture, things that you have been taught that are just not conducive to you being in that vulnerable, intimate space of the sexual experience with your partner. So at the risk of freaking everyone out, <laughs> I will share in the simplest way I know how to 
the most basic form, the three requirements of desire that I have figured out over the years and I have worked with, you know, many people to uh, refine and figure out. So I'll start. So there's three of them and they're in a Venn diagram. So if you can visually imagine this, three circles all intersecting in one point in the middle, which is your desire. So the three requirements of your desire are number one, emotional and physical safety with your husband. And all of these requirements, I'm going to be going into much more detail in episodes to come. But I really wanted to record this so it could be an overview for you. The second requirement is understanding of your body and preferences. And the third requirement is unlearning of toxic cultural messages. Because it is a Venn diagram, those three things will be intersecting with each other. So in between emotional and physical safety with your husband and understanding of your body and preferences, we have communication. There's no way that you can build emotional and physical safety with your husband without communicating what your body likes, what your body is, the science of your body, how female bodies work. And there's no way that uh, it could be a back and forth between him and you. And that's what exploring an intimate connection in the sexual experience is about. In between unlearning of toxic cultural messages and understanding of your body and preferences are your beliefs. The way you're able to understand your body and your preferences is going to be informed by your beliefs, which are informed by the culture that you're raised in, your religious upbringing, your um, your nationality, your the culture that your your country, your the unique uh, you know beliefs, messages that you were taught, your childhood. So that's definitely going to inform one another. And in between unlearning of toxic cultural messages and emotional physical safety with your husband are his beliefs. What has he been taught about masculinity, about sex, about your body, about uh, what, you know, you know, through, through all the other things that you've gone through, the childhood and, and religion and culture, media plays a huge part in that as well. So those are the, th- the three, but really there's six of sort of the map towards enjoying and wanting and looking forward to and, and designing a sex life that works for you. And you can see that none of these are easy and simple <laughs> and they're all, um, they're all a process and a journey. And so let me give you a few examples of these before we we move on. So with emotional and physical safety with your husband, emotional safety is that ability to be vulnerable with another, with one another, to express yourself, to be curious, to be who you are and be accepted. That requires some emotional maturity on both of your ends. And that is a never ending journey of improving that. Physical safety is knowing that whatever you say your body likes or doesn't like will be respected. 
that you won't be touched in ways or your body won't be commented on ways or looked at in ways that make you feel uncomfortable. That when you say no, it will be respected. And when you are done with something that you are really interested in and excited about, then that will be respected as well. So there's no... Uh, requirements for you to you to do anything or continue anything that you don't feel 100% okay with. And that's a spectrum. That's a that ranges hugely. So that's not something that's considered in marriages. It's certainly something that's considered a lot in dating consent. But I'll definitely be talking so much more about that in the episodes to come. Your understanding of your body and preferences That is, oh my gosh, it's huge. (laughs) Because as women, we're taught so much about our bodies that is wrong. That's not based in science. Um, And so not only learning about that, understanding it through education, but then really trusting that what you like and what you don't like is true. And that even if it goes against what you've seen in media, what I like to call the media sex formula, that it, it is who you are, that there's no questioning of that. And that takes time. And again, it's informed by your beliefs, which is the third thing I want to talk about is understanding or sorry, unlearning of toxic cultural messages. This one is so huge. And the biggest one that I see professionals just absolutely miss. And it's really unfortunate. And it impacted me hugely. Um, But we are taught things as women, for example, we're taught that our bodies belong to our, there are husbands, we're taught that sex is really for men and women's sexuality is kind of there and kind of nice, but not necessary sort of male sexuality light. We're taught that our pleasure is shameful, our bodies are shameful. I mean, I could go on and on. There's lots there. And the really amazing thing about all three of these requirements for your desire is that they do not involve you fixing your body. They do not involve you getting off of any medications that you rely on. They don't involve you not having kids and being exhausted and touched out all the time. All of these three things you can take steps towards. There's so much hope in this map. And I have seen this path work for so many women in different stages of their lives, in menopause, in postpartum. Uh, I've seen it work for women who uh, have really great, close, connected relationships. I've seen it work for women whose relationships are not doing so great where connection and communication are waning. Uh, Of course, there will be impacts on that, how long it takes. I mean, uh, but the truth is, this is a never-ending journey. I am never not doing these things. I'm never not unlearning toxic cultural messages because I'm inundated by them all the time. I don't leave them. I don't change my culture. My husband doesn't either. So his beliefs are being impacted all the time. We're having to reestablish that emotional and physical physical safety all the time and have lots of conversations about it. That's that communication. That's me 
again, coming home to my body and my preferences and what that looks like week by week, day by day, hour by hour, it's constantly changing. So this differs greatly uh, from the traditional advice, increasing your libido, raising your sex drive from foods we're supposed to eat, pills we're supposed to take, even the notion that uh, we just need to force ourselves to do it. I mean, I'm saying that, uh, you know, I'm using a big word there, force, but just, just, you know, it's just, it's something that you're, it's good for your marriage. So you should maybe just do it. <laughs> without these three things in, in there, without walking these paths, that's harmful. That's dangerous. So I hope that this gives you hope, this sort of overview, this map of where you can go will provide you some, you know, sort of a big picture of how this could look like for you. Again, I'm going to be going into all of these in so much more detail. I mean, everything I talk about has to do with either unlearning toxic cultural messages. It has to do with understanding of your body or preferences. It has to do with emotional and physical safety with your husband. It has to do with communicating your preferences to him, communicating boundaries, consent. It has to do with where he's at, where men are at. Um, my goodness, the messages that they receive, just enormous. And we, we don't know. We don't understand what that looks like. So under, you know, even just putting this in the possibilities provides us some compassion for his experience as well, as well as ourselves with our beliefs that are, um, that feel concrete, that feel real, that feel solid. But when examined, you know, often just don't hold up. They don't hold up when they are informed by a society that doesn't put women's pleasure um, or enjoyment in the sexual experience basically anywhere on the map. All right, I'm going to leave you here with that. I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts or questions. Again, this is just an overview. I'll be providing a lot more detail, a lot more examples moving forward. And I hope this provides you with some relief. And it may not. I mean, it may be like, this sounds like a lot of work. I don't know if I want to do this. Jana, can you just please give me like a sexy meditation so that I can get horny and have sex with my husband? <laughs> okay. I'm just not your person for it, if that's what you're looking for. But if you are looking for talking about the real things, what's really going on. That's what I'm about. All right. I'll talk to you in the next one. Bye.